So, yo, 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 we are live on the air. This is the B People podcast. I'm B Boy Tech. Away from B Boy Tech Report, bpeople.com. And uh, this is episode 17 of the B People podcast, where we're going to talk about some beats, some business. Of course, we're going to talk about hip hop. We're going to talk about PR and promote yourself and uh, just kind of mix things up a little bit. Um, today, we have special guests, uh, Satori from War Media. Hey, everybody. Word. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. And uh, we also have Vanya Lang. Uh, Vanya, we were just talking about Vanya's name, which (laughs) is spelled like if you pronounce it like it looks, it says Wanja, right? (laughs) But it's actually pronounced German. That's just an American. Right. Of course. Of course. But just for us, we look at that and see Wanja, but it's actually pronounced Vanya. Thanks for yeah. coming to the show. I appreciate you joining. Thank you for having me. Word, word. So we got my man, Ken, of course. What's up, Ken? Hello. Uh, most people know me as Flux, but we don't have the lower thirds anymore because Google is trying to uh, make Google us all look bad. So that is what it is. But uh, yeah, what's up, everybody? Excited to be on here again and uh, meet these wonderful people. So word up man so um yo let's uh let's uh learn a little bit more about our guests i just want to go through some background uh so tori how'd you uh tell us a little bit about yourself how you got started doing what you do with War Media. okay sure uh it's always weird right to talk about yourself but um word. i <laughs> i live in dallas texas and um i kind of got my start really messing with spoken word and I was performing all over the country doing spoken word and one of the places I started um, performing at was Erica Badu's Black Forest Theater that she owns in Dallas and from there I got a chance to start working for her nonprofit Blind and that's when I realized I didn't want to be on the stage as much as I loved being behind the stage and involved in actually getting artists um on the stage and, you know, managing and stuff. So started kind of there and uh, messing with um, really a lot of conscious artists that use their platforms for social justice. So I was able to work with groups like Dead Press and um, uh, Homeboy Salmon, just a bunch of really dope artists um, from from that point. And then from there, I started managing uh, being part of Farrah Mancha's management team and his company, War Media. And um, now I'm the chief of staff over all artist relations at War Media. And I also own my own social media company called Social Work. Word, word. And so War Media is owned by Farrah Mancha. What other artists are on uh, War uh-huh. Media? So War Media is a label as well as a management company. And um on the management roster side, uh, we have individual managers who are responsible for, you know, different people on the roster. But I work with Denon Porter, a.k.a. Mr. Porter, or also known as Con Artist from D12. Uh, we've had Pete Rock on there, Jean Grey. Right now we have Static Selecta, uh, Mickey Fax. Uh, we also work with um, Combat Jack of the Combat Jack Show, um, Mila Machinko. We deal with Boogie Blind from the Executioners. So, um, we, yeah, we have a great rost- artist roster as well as Dedrick from Dallas. Word. You know, you mentioned Mickey Fax. He's been tearing it up on the, on the like, battle circuit and freestyle circuit. Uh, wasn't he yeah, just on? Yeah, actually, 
he was just on some program, right? On uh, last night, Sway? he was on the Doomsday Cipher on Revolt, which was from Word. Sway. Um, and actually, when he did his freestyle on Sway's show, Sway said it was one of the top 10 freestyles of all time ever on his show. So we're super proud of Mickey and excited to have been part of um, putting out his first official album. Word. That's dope. That's dope. So, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, we're going to come back and forth. Let's uh, learn a little bit about our next guest here. Vanya, what's going on? Um, uh, Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, you know, who Vanya is and, and what you do, how you got started doing that. Um, well, I'm from Berlin, Germany. Um, I run the hip hop blog, I still love her.de, which is also a promo agency, PR, I do PR, um, marketing, stuff like that. Um, I got started, it was a little bit similar. Um, I first, I actually got into hip hop culture, um, well, not hip-hop music, but hip-hop culture, through mm-hmm. first graffiti, and then I started writing and rapping. But pretty soon I started understanding that my place is more behind the scenes mm-hmm. because I just didn't feel comfortable on stage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started managing artists. Um, I had my blog. I started doing a little bit of journalism. I interviewed a lot of artists back then. Then I had a podcast for a few years. Um, And then through artist management was kind of how I came into promotion and PR, which was about 10 years ago is when I started my blog and the agency. And so now um, my main thing is the promo agency, but I also do like little side projects. Um, Like I'm actually, I'm going to have my own podcast soon again. Um, where I want to focus on women in hip hop. And um, I also just launched a clothing line for female hip hop heads. And so I just try to have some projects to keep the creativity flowing. And that's mm-hmm. about it. Do you do uh, the design for the clothing line uh, or do you just manage it or how does that work? No, well, I have the ideas, like I come up with the concepts, um, but I have someone like a great illustrator mm-hmm. in um, in California. She does my designs. Uh, cool. Shout out to Nanlib. Um, her Instagram is Nanlib Invasion, and she is awesome. Very oh, dope. That's what's up. Hey, so you have actually, I kind of like one of your shirts. Is that your shirt? The one that says something about... Um, um, the aux cord and it has yes. a heart on it. Yeah, trust me with the aux cord. Word. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I just so Ken. Yeah. Oh, go go for it. Go for it. No, I was just gonna say I, I just wanted to do something for women as far as merch goes because I feel like we always get neglected in hip hop when it comes to merch. So yeah. That was kind of that's cool. Dope. Or at least when you're not, it's it's it tends to be very um scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's either that, like either they want to put us in these low-cut tank tops, or we gotta wear men's shirts. And I don't like <laughs> that's a no, good that, point. that makes sense. That makes total sense though. Cause uh like I know I know a lot of um girls in the hip hop scene and and I kinda came up in a in a similar way to y'all too. Um and just going to battle circuits and that sort of thing. And it was 
it was always interesting because the girls that I knew that were in that scene weren't really about what was being marketed to them as what they should be wearing. You know what I mean? So oftentimes they were stuck wearing dudes clothes and, you know, trying to figure out how to make it work for them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Word. So let let me, let me just uh, jump into, I wanted to ask y'all about um, how you, you know, how would you advise an artist to go about building a following on social media? Um, Because, you know, here's the thing, people, there's a million different channels and stuff you can have and everybody gets on whatever they get on. But you know what I found when I was just doing only the artist thing is, you know, it's tough to get over the, the hump of a few hundred followers. Even if you're doing shows that people are asking you for autographs, <laughs> like it's a weird thing, um, you know, but then w- w- from my own point of view, something that was more about community and more about kind of uh, sharing my experiences and linking with other people and doing stuff that became a whole different thing. And it's a whole different story before uh, up and coming artists. And I know Vanya, you've done like a video on like tips and stuff, but how would y'all advise a person goes about kind of building a following on social media? Well, for me, oh, go ahead, Vanya. No, I was going to say, do you want to go first? <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's funny because um, there's a bunch of paths you can take and no single recipe. I'll say that, first of all. Um, But uh, what has worked for me when I manage and I do manage all of our artists, social media accounts is consistency. Like posting consistently is the number one way to build your um, no matter who you are, artist, producer. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Consistent post is the most important. And by consistent posts, they have to be quality posts. It can't always just be you shouting out my link to my song is this. And, you know, um, in today's uh, social media, everything, there's a strategy called 10 times strategy. And a 10 times strategy means everything that you post has to be 10 times better than anyone else's that is in your same realm. And so by that, um, in our world, you know, you have to have really dope pictures, videos, promotions, engagement. You just have to do everything, you know, 10 times better than your competition. But the the biggest way to build a fan base is consistent posts, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I could agree with that. Actually, I, I could totally agree with that because I've noticed um, anybody that I've seen that starts to build a good, uh, you know, whether it's a few thousand, however many going up the ladder, it's always about, you know, you look through their timeline and they're consistent, they're regular, and they just got dope stuff that draws you in. So I could definitely agree with that. What's your take on that, Vanya? Um, I mean, I agree with that too. Definitely. Consistency is very important. Um, I learned uh, through my own account, especially like my favorite um, social media is Instagram right now mm-hmm. and has been for a while. And what I always my advice to artists is always be authentic. Um, like, don't try to follow somebody else's recipe as far as what to post, like be you and translate your personality and what you're into and what you represent translate that into what you post on your social media. And then also you got to be entertaining because you got to think about, you know, the customer a little bit, somebody who's on Instagram, 
and it's just scrolling through their feed and they might not be a big fan of yours already so much that they want to be tuned into everything you do. What they are looking for is to be entertained on their feed. So if all you do is like post boring shit and by boring shit, like not to offend anyone, but I'm saying like, <laughs> if all you, all you post is like pictures of your food or you, I don't know, out with your family or, you know, like stuff like that, it's not entertaining to people. Hey, let me um, ask you a question about that. Um, yeah. So how do you feel about separating your family feed or your family life social media aspect from what you do as far as musically or where you're trying to get career wise, because that's one thing that I kind of like, I'll very sporadically, like I'll post some family type stuff, but for the most part, I really don't post that kind of stuff on social media. Like I really try to keep my family life separate from my business life. I think that depends on how much you are even interested in portraying your family life. Like if that, doesn't matter to you much, then you don't need a separate account for that, you know? And I do think it's good to, to have a little bit of personal stuff just so that people can relate to the person you are and can also see the person you are, you know? But of course, if you are very heavy into posting family stuff, then yeah, it's probably better to have a separate account for that. Yeah. I think, um, one of the, one of the things that I do is, um, like I'll, I certainly post about my family. Like, you know, if there's something, you know, out of the ordinary that comes up or, you know, something that I want to celebrate, certainly I'll post something like that. But what I see a lot of people doing is, um, you know, if you're constantly posting, like, uh, for instance, I have a young one. So if you're constantly posting, you know, oh, this is like every day of this child's yeah. life and then trying to mix in your music <laughs> stuff along with that, it's awful hard for someone who's just finding your feed. Like, let's say you put a hashtag in there to help people find something that you're into. Let's say you put in there boom bap or something. Somebody clicks on that link and sees your, your feed, but your feed is mostly, you know, your kids first steps or something. It's like, well, that's not going to hold interest for that person looking for that hashtags type of content, you know? Yeah, exactly. so there's a, a question in the in the chat, and it may kind of relate to that because he says, um, uh, uh, do you ever get lost and who am I? If so, how do you handle that? And I'm interpreting that as like, you know, just what what you guys were just talking about, that whole idea of I want to post who I am, but I, I'm also my music. Like, how do you separate them? Uh, you, I think that's what he's kind of asking. And I think that's what a lot of people tussle with. Um just trying to define what their what their feed is versus who they are. A lot of people forget that um, successful people, I don't want to say celebrity because you can be successful without being a celebrity, right? Um, mm-hmm. Successful people in their industries um, are curating their Instagrams. What you think is just a moment of somebody's life is intentional when somebody is aware of what their brand is and what the message that they're trying to get across is. So although you sometimes think that you're getting this background scene or this uh, glimpse into their life, that's a curated post. So you have to be really cautious. A lot of times it's really dope to show how 
your everyday people and your regular and everything. But when you're not um, so-called haven't made it yet or as successful maybe as you want to be, stop posting so much of your regular life. Uh, I don't want to see your dirty kitchen behind you or your kid's first day at school necessarily because we're not interested in that part of who you are yet. That's kind of how I take it. Actually, that's a that's a good point, too. Right. So there's a it's kind of like a different thing you got to do when you're aspiring and trying to build versus when like because that, that's that's something different. Listen, it's if Jazzy Jeff <laughs> had a feed. And I'd probably want to know more about Jazzy Jeff's life because I know his music. And that's more like a behind the scene, that extra look behind the scenes of what he's into, or what he's doing. So that's a that's a damn good point. Um, yeah, And that that's yeah. what I meant, too, is when, you know, if people are already pulled in mm-hmm. to to what you do, if they are already a fan of yours, then, yeah, they might be interested in that. But if they just have a slight interest in what you do. Mm-hmm. they're not going to care and then also one thing I don't want to forget to mention about you know your previous question the self promo you should really keep that to a minimum and don't make it look like promo mm-hmm. like try whenever you post something when you're trying to promote yourself try to make it look like it's not promo and that's that's going to work the best mm-hmm. that's a good point that's a good point. So so basically you're saying people don't like to feel like they're being sold yeah. something. It needs to be more organic. And that makes sense because any one of us probably has the same view when we're scrolling through and seeing somebody yelling about, you know, whatever it is they're doing, especially now in today's yeah. world where access to music gear and studios and, and all this technology that allows people to be artists, it's the gift and the curse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think there's so many fans that probably should be fans that are doing music and this, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to take anything from anybody. People could do what they want, but I definitely think that access is the gift and the curse. While on one hand you have a bunch of people that you probably would never have heard of now have access to stuff and they have an opportunity to show them themselves. And as people, they probably shouldn't be touching it. So I don't know. That's really accurate. And a lot of people don't understand that people who aren't um, serious about their music and and making it a career choice and um, like hobbyist musicians, hobbyist producers, all that. That's amazing. Everybody should have a great passion that they're hobbyist about. Mm -hmm. But when you start uploading it to like Spotify and Tidal, it actually affects everyone else's pay because the way that... um, the, the division of uh, the streams works has to do with all of the songs that are available in the catalog divided by blah, blah, blah. So when people are just, you know, putting something out there with no intention of pursuing music as a, a real career choice, that does hurt. It does. So that's a good, good point. That's, Satori. A, yeah, that's an interesting point, you know, um, and that, and that's one of the things um, that I try to remind people who aren't a part of um, you know, the music scene or whatever is, you know, these days it's very easy for the layman to just kind of forget about purchasing music and purchasing merchandise. And, you know, it's so easy to just get everything streamed to you. And, you know, I try to remind people like, you know, those streams don't pay for that music. Like realistically speaking, it's, 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 it's a great way to get out there. Um, but 
for the most part, if you see something where you can purchase a physical item, such as a shirt, you know, sh- such as, um, you know, vinyl or, you know, any kind of actual download where you, you're paying some money directly to the artist, that's a great thing. Um, I don't agree with that at all. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it is great. And yes, it, we're in a different time. Basically, um, merchandise is one of the great ways that artists will have a, a revenue stream. But if, if a, a consumer is paying for title, Spotify, Apple, and in some cases you have to have all three to get music mm-hmm. because of the exclusivity that some of them have signed, you're paying 30 or more dollars per month, which is more than a lot of people were paying already for music. I'm, in more, the I'm more talking, I'm more talking about people just direct streaming without using premium services. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, music is the, is the last industry to get involved in um, streaming. Just think you don't think of it as something bad. Do you, do you use Netflix or Hulu or any of those services? Sure. But I also buy the movies as well. So <laughs> much longer are you going to have a dvd player because i know my car doesn't have a well CD no I'm, I'm not talking about just it doesn't have to necessarily be just um a, a physical product what i'm saying is is directly contributing to the artist um so yeah it, it can be a great revenue stream being on spotify and and all these different um you know venues but what i'm saying is that your dollar will more directly contribute to that person if in addition to whatever monthly streaming you're doing, you know, whatever your, your normal thing is, if you, for instance, really like an artist, like for instance, uh, playlist just came out. Um, mm-hmm. Playlist is dope, by the way, who don't have it. Need to so it. first thing I did was I bought it right away as soon as it came out. And as soon as it becomes a physical copy, I'll buy that too. You know what I mean? Just because I really want to support that style of music and, and, you know, that sort of energy when you're directly contributing money to the artist in that way, meaning you're not trying to go through an intermediary in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it makes a big difference. And as far as, you know, how they approach future projects, you look at things like, uh, the De La Soul album where they did a Kickstarter for it, you know? Um, and you know, the, these, this method of, um, you know, uh, of crowd-based funding before an album comes out. Um, I think that's okay and all. Um, th- that's There's a place for it, but it's it's kind of sad that it's almost being seen by certain artists as, well, if I don't have this, you know, this sort of fan base ahead of time to, to release this album, then I'm not going to be able to record it in such and such way. You know, I'm talking more towards the independent artists that are actually footing the bill up front without any kind of, um, you know, advance on, on the deal. So that's why I I try to encourage people to buy directly from the artist if you can. Okay. There's so much, but just in general, it's, we have to remember that artistry is a business like anything else. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're going to always invest in yourself and have to pay for your own product to put out just like any other business in, you know, we don't think it's weird that a plumber has to pay for his truck and his tools, his marketing, his advertising and all those things and go out and be a great plumber and advertise his services to get back uh, the investment of his business that he put in. So I, I, I don't really have sympathy 
for an artist who says that they don't have money to put their initial music out or all of these things, whenever they're, they're deciding to sell their music, this is a business and you have to treat your business of entertainment the same as any other business. And there are risks and there are investments into yourself that you're going to have to make without depending on other people to fund that upfront. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, th- there's no doubt about that. What what I'm more referring to is the fact that it's becoming a paradigm that I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something that I see out there now. Like, you're seeing large artists that are using that sort of platform, which to me, a Kickstarter platform shouldn't really be so much about established artists like that. Like, I, I don't see that. Well, um, no, I, I think it's a cool thing, though. Uh, you know, I, to me, to I me, I'm any, like, look, any, if you have, if you have it's a, a matter of engagement, too, though. You know? But if you have a if you've got an email list of like a hundred thousand people, you should not be needing Kickstarter. Like you really shouldn't. So let me ask you on that. If if um you do have an email list of a hundred thousand people that you uh, that's your list, those are your fans, and how do you engage them in the sense of saying, what do you do? Like y'all send you an email and say, all one hundred thousand of y'all send me three dollars <laughs> so i can no, put out no, this no. what market. i'm saying is that kickstarter have, is a great that, platform to say yo we just did this come to the platform support what we're doing and we got something what i'm saying is that if you have that list then you already are. have an installed base you know what i mean and that and that you should be you shouldn't be so worried about investing in yourself at that point is what i'm saying it's not so much of a risk at that point you know as long as you're putting out quality, you know, quality material, if you've got an install base that large, then if you can't make money off of that, then there's something wrong with you. (laughs) I'm too closely related to that project to really um, give a lot of insight. But what we're assuming is that 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 list existed and that they had control of their fan base prior to that. They were a major label artist, which means that they did those weren't, they're their fans, but through the label and, you know, so there, there's a bunch of different. Well, I wasn't talking about them specifically. I don't want it to sound like I'm going at that particular project. I'm talking in, I'm talking in generals about, about people who do have that and yet still seem to want to, you know, go that route. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Mr. Irrelevant in the chat says I can't invest in myself because I spent all my money on synthesizers. Well, that's an investment in yourself in a way, you know, I mean, that's still an investment when you're investing in your instruments. I mean, but at, at the same time, you have to remember that there's smart investments and then there's stupid investments, you know, I mean, if you're just buying a synthesizer just because it's the new thing, well, you know, let's be honest, you, that's the hobbyist aspect of it. That's the collector in you. But if you're buying it because it's something that you feel is going to add to a project you're working on, that's another, that's another thing. Like I would love to have Keyscape right now, but it's not going to add to my money at all. Like as a sound designer, I'm not going to do anything with key state keyscape. So I'm not going to buy it, you know? Word. But yeah, I think, I think there's something to be said there. That's one good point about this whole thing. People need to realize you have to invest in yourself. And the thing I don't understand about that mentality, and it goes across the gamut of almost anything. A lot of people want people to do, want somebody to do for them, what they won't do for themselves. And this is a different ball game nowadays. So you definitely have to put something into yourself. Um, And what's crazy is like, I always notice like a lot of artists that come to me, you, a lot of times the ones, and I'm talking about like underground unsigned artists here that are, you know, really just trying to build their fan base uh, from the ground. 
Um, the ones that are really dope and have the most talents are usually the ones that aren't really willing to invest because they think that just because of their talent, they are going to get to where they want to be. And then usually the ones that aren't that good, they are willing to invest a lot more. But, you know, the thing is, like, especially in these days, your talent is not going to get you anywhere because if nobody hears you, nobody's going to know how dope you are. So you always got to invest in being heard. Yo, if y'all can run that back, she made the most realest point ever. Um, It's so true. I mean, I I work with legacy artists all the time, you know, beyond um, our roster, people who will hire me to do things. And thus a lot of people have self-entitlement they think that, you know, they're this elite MC or this elite, you know, whatever their um, industry is and that, yo, I'm dope. I'm here now. That's enough. No, yeah. it's not. Not today, because people want to know what's hot. They want to know who other people are gravitating towards. And talent has the least amount to do with it anymore. And, you know, another thing is popularity is relative. You know, people like what they like. I hear people complain about who's on top right now and they're, they're so quick to down the artist, but they forget that artist has a huge fan base. Whatever it is that they're doing resonates with a large number of people. You know, I have teenagers and, and, and um, children in their twenties. And so I pay a lot of attention to what my kids gravitate to. And right now people gravitate to a feeling like they're less, you know, entranced with the words and who rhymes so dope and all of that, they gravitate to a feeling and they really are into this group wave and this group think, you know, and everything. So you can't fight against that. And, you know, there's a, you know, a famous quote that says hard work trumps talent when talent doesn't work hard. And so you'll find people that I'd much rather work with somebody who is a hard worker than somebody who's super talented any day. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's, thing that's, a, can... that's a, a huge point. Actually. Um, somebody told me years ago too, of the same thing that you, that you just said, both of y'all just said that like all the greatest artists, you know, all the people you'll meet all kinds of people that are more talented than the people you hear every day. Um, but they're not putting any effort towards it. And you remind me of a, of a quote that I love that KRS-One said, um, people don't buy into you. They like to buy your spirit. You know what I mean? That's that feeling. They're really buying something bigger than, than what you have. And that's, that is probably a lot. That's what's happening today. Yeah. I think a, another point is you have, you know, people like Vanya and a lot of other dope um, people who do publicity. That's the biggest investment you can make into yourself is a publicist, PR, somebody who is willing to, you know, work with you and your brand and and get your name out there and help create a plan for you. That is the biggest investment more than CDs really anymore. There's so many things that you don't have to spend money on today in a digital environment that you can invest more into good publicity. And if anybody who's listening right now, if I can, if I can advocate anything, it's your PR team. That is the most important. And I'm not talking about those people that you can buy just these weird packages where it's a bunch of like made up blogs and stuff like that, that, you know, promote you. 
and they're not even listening to your music. A real PR agent and, and company is going to actually listen to your your music. And a lot of times a, a dope PR agency will turn people down, you know, and yeah. say, you know, this isn't something that I can work with right now. They may give you some advice on, uh, you know, what to do and then come back or whatever. But find you a dope publicist who believes in your sound that can really help get you out there. That's the best thing you can do for yourself, no matter what you are in this industry, a DJ, a producer, you know, uh, an artist. Yeah, I totally and, agree with that. And that's that's something that, that I see a lot of people don't, they don't really recognize the value of of proper advertisement of, of yourself, you know, of, of putting yourself out there. And a lot of the times I'll see people who will, um, you know, they'll, they'll, put a lot of work in, but then, and, and even doing shows, like I see a lot of people that'll complain about building a local fan base and they might have four cities within a two hour drive and never travel. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, dude, you've got five markets in your two hour radius and you're not traveling to any of those other markets. It's like that, that blows my mind, you know? Just sometimes it's great to break away from social media also and actually get out there in the world. You know what I mean? Get some, you know, put boot to ground and actually get some real world experience being on stage and, you know, meeting other people and connecting with other artists. And, you know, there's there's. Well, that's also too, Ken. People people don't spend time nowadays developing themselves and sharpening their their skills and honing their act and doing the stuff that, you know, traditionally was like what you had to be by the time you saw, you know, insert any act's name here. By the time you saw them, they were so cold is because they had been grinding <laughs> the whole time and getting in and front I mean, of people, seeing what works and what doesn't work and really sharpening skill. How are you going to develop like a great stage presence or a great show and really win people over on stage if you don't have that practice. Mm -hmm. You know, and even if you're only performing in front of five people, you're still getting in the practice of being on stage, and that's not underestimated. And I think, like, I think artists need to realize that, you know, of course you have the internet nowadays, and that's a way of reaching a lot of people across the world, but there's nothing... Like, there's no way you can build a career without actually being out there and doing these shows and stuff. And the best way to tackle it is to do the best of both worlds. You know, you got to do the approach from 20 years ago where you were traveling to a bunch of cities and just doing a bunch of shows and combine that that with the Internet and every all the resources that you can access nowadays. Wow. I agree with that. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I said I definitely agree with her on that. It's so funny because <laughs> I have artists who have maybe four or five shows under their belt talking about, oh, well, I need to get paid for this show. Bro, you need to be paying somebody <laughs> for to what? Pay for the show. <laughs> yes, I'm like, no, you have you're you're an entertainment service and you have no service to offer right now. Like yeah. What are you talking about? Like, it's it's a crazy sense of entitlement out there. It amazes mm -hmm. me every day. And I had this one dude who hit me up and I guess he was doing like one of those showcases where they give them tickets to sell 
or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But he hit me up. It was like, hey, um, you know, I want to know if <laughs> you want to help me sell my tickets. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> you get a PR person like, up? <laughs> I, I said, well, I don't, I, who are you? You know, I've never heard of you. I'm, why don't you send me some of your music? Like his approach was so crazy. And then uh, he was going to give me a dollar for every ticket of his. I helped what? Yeah, it was hilarious. And um, it was just, it was actually just really amazing. And then, so when I tried to talk to him, you know, you know, kind of like put him on to some game a little bit, he was like, well, it's your bad. If somebody would have offered me an opportunity to make a dollar, I was just like, yo, what? Come on, what? Like, then he got an attitude with you? (laughs) Dude, I can ask somebody on the Berlin subway for a dollar. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, use your resources. You're on the internet right now, bro. Google. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. That is one of the funniest things. <laughs> yeah. But he you totally know, squandered the opportunity. He was talking to somebody that could help him get some PR. Right. And he totally squandered the opportunity by insulting us, saying, I'll give you a dollar if you help me sell these tickets. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of artists approach me because I'm overseas. So a lot of artists come to me and ask me about uh, touring over here and like shows. And if I do, I know promoters that could put them on to some shows. And I always got to give them a reality check. I'm like, dude, like if you're willing to put up your own money, cover your own travel, perform for free, cover all the costs, then you're probably going to be able to to get some shows over here. But nobody is going to pay you to perform and pay for your flight out here because you have no fan base here. So what is, you know, what do they get in return? Nobody's going to come out to see you because nobody knows you here. So it just doesn't make sense. No, it's amazing. That's the entitlement (laughs) thing. And actually it's funny um, because I wanted to touch on that, but we kind of organically went there anyway. That entitlement thing without the work equals zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be nothing but frustration. Then you end up being an angry rapper, angry beat maker uh, everywhere yeah, where, where Mike is on talking crap to everybody because you're frustrated with yourself and everybody else. That's another thing. I know there's a bunch of producers that are watching this, you know, and um, I, I see there's this huge movement of... Um, I don't produce for free or, you know, my beats are worth this and that. Your beats are probably worth, they're probably priceless. I couldn't put a price on them, you know, or whatever. But at the same time, no one has heard your beats. No one's going to pay you for them. You need to find artists who are willing to get on your projects and start getting your sound out there, giving people an opportunity to hear what artists sound like on your beats it's much better to give your beats away for free than to charge a dollar for them though. I know that, you know, Mm -hmm. I see those weird, like, um, 10 beats for $20. You're better giving your beats away for free and getting an artist on them than that weird, super low hustle. Can I make a, can I make a point about that? Because that's, that's something that Corey knows it, it, it gets deeply under my skin when I, when I see people <laughs> underselling beats and, and um, I have a, I have a strong distaste for people giving beats to whack rappers. Um, and 
there is so there there's different schools of thoughts and there's schools of thoughts where like you're the mix engineer kind of school of thought where it's just like well whatever it's just work and you know i'm not worried about the name blah 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 but to me that is that is so anti-productive for a producer who's trying to get on in a very serious way you should be selective about who is on your beats because if you put out whack product that has whack rappers on your beat, it does bring your value down. Like it does make you look bad. If you're, unless your beat is so amazingly good that it can overcome the whackness of the song that it is now attached to, um, you know, which is, you know, I've seen, well, I've seen know, that so happen, but come on, man, like stop putting on whack rappers. I don't know what throwing, that means. Throwing anything against the wall can be crazy, but sometimes you may have to throw a hundred pieces of spaghetti against the refrigerator to see that a few of them stick. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what a whack rapper is, though. What does that mean? Well, it, I mean, to me, <laughs> if you have somebody that clearly is not putting out the work, doesn't even have, like, I've seen guys sell beats to people who have no clue how to count bars, who have no clue of basic fundamentals of how of how to get anything recorded just the, the end result just ends up being garbage they're totally okay with just throwing the beat out there not worrying about how it ends up being mixed down how it ends up getting out to the public and then you know a lot of the times especially when i first started i can remember giving beats to people who i trusted and even some of the artists that were on them were dope but then they had people mix them down who were horrible and made the song end up sounding like utter garbage and so I that, was embarrassed to have it on there. Can, and I would tell people, take my name off of that. Like, I don't want my but name that's associated more of a case with of quality versus somebody that's necessarily uh, maybe not having talent. I think the problem, too, is that, you know, the, the access is the gift and the curse, right? People have access to all this technology and stuff. And then, you know, you have somebody say, yo, I'll mix that and never then you don't know anything about audio engineering or anything. And so, I mean, you got that. There's a mixed bag when it comes to that. I think um, if you, if you're in a situation where you could have a little more control uh, of the situation, then maybe you could do more quality control in that sense, I think. But I, I, think I can tell you one like thing. The, so, so whack, whack rappers out there got some followings too. So. I think it's just like what they were saying earlier, man. <laughs> Consistency is key. You know, like if you're if you're consistently throwing out beats for a dollar and then they're ending up on garbage product, people are going to associate you with garbage product. That's basically what I'm getting at. I, I manage some producers with that have sold over 70 million records and we sell their beats at a high price to people that maybe would be considered under talented but we also know that someone is never, <laughs> oh ever going to hear those songs. Yeah, but, but I think, I think that's also that's not really going to be speaking to somebody who's up and coming or, you know, isn't really at that high price yet. You know what I mean? Like that can't mm-hmm. command that sort of, um, you know, that sort of fee. No, no, but I'm saying and, and I, I get it. I, I actually let me make sure I, I agree with you about just, you know, underselling for yourself. and. Uh, it's, it's, it's so many two-way streets here because number one, you got to get your music out there and heard. So there's a lot of people who may not be as quality as the next person, but you know, as he said, has a, a great street following or internet following, and so your name gets a little bit of traction, you know, or whatever. I mean, just think one of the number one songs right now is called, you know, has a hook. I spy with my little eye. 
What song is that? Sure, but you're you're Daddy, also talking Daddy. about people that are getting buzz and and that are moving. And what I'm saying is is that you should really look at who you're. You know, if you don't have a name yet, you should be a little bit aware of what is being done with your product. Ken, you know what I mean? But on the call, so Ken, in your case that Daddy. you're talking about right there, then yeah, definitely you would. But, you, if you're selling a beat to s- some music that maybe you don't like so much. But yeah, it's got a great following. Then certainly, I would say that's you know that's an avenue worth looking at. But listen to what listen to what you're saying. A year and a half ago, Yachty was taking free beats off of the internet and rhyming Minnesota to them. <laughs> <laughs> True. Look, if that's if that's the route you want your career to take, then that is certainly a feasible route to take. I'm not. I would not bank uh, on. Yes, that. take that route. Whoever's listening, that's. I would not bank route. on that. Like whatever route works. That, right? That's like that's like hitting the lottery, you know. And and you know, good for you if you hit the lottery. Um, I just I just don't see it that way. I, let me ask you. Go ahead. Sorry. I think it all depends on what your goal is, you know, like, um, of course, if you have more of an artistic um, incentive, you know, then, yeah, you should absolutely be more careful, like who you give your beats to, which doesn't mean that you can't give them away for free to those people. Um, But if your goal is you want to make a substantial career out of it, then sometimes. Sometimes the quality of the outcome might suffer, but, you know, you get a career out of it. And then once you have a career, you can be more choosy, you know? Yeah. And even that song, Minnesota, like as much as people can hate on that, if you listen to it, like it's not mixed down improperly. Like it's the, the actual end product is something that people could listen to and was, you know, as much as I can't stand it, it's still it's catchy. You know what I mean? Like it's still stuck in people's head. That's a lot different than a product that ends up. The original Minnesota that hit on the internet was made in his dorm room on his phone. It was terrible quality. Oh, I I don't know about that one then. You have to, (laughs) (laughs) or maybe I won't. (laughs) No, I mean, and of course we know Yachty is, it is, uh, he is a, a rare thing. I don't hear people think that they're going to, that's not the trajectory of most people's careers. It's not going to happen like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So let me ask, so there's a, see, we talked about, you know, this putting in the work and stuff and what I see, you know, I keep saying about the, the gift and the curse because the access and the type of exposure and stuff that you can get that that's certainly a gift. But then what I think what, what the curse is behind that is, um, how do you end up standing out? I think that's a problem that a lot of people have. Like, how do you end up standing out in a crowded landscape that is the internet? Ooh. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you end up standing out? How how can how can what would you say for somebody that comes like, yo, I did this, that, and the other, but there's a million people out there doing this, that, and the other. How can I stand out in that crowd? But do you mean from a music point of view or oh, all around? All around. I mean, because I think I think beat makers and MCs and singers and everybody kind of have that same problem. You know, like I said before, it doesn't matter how dope your music is. It just matters how many people hear it. So I think if you're trying to stand out and come up, you should really attack it from all angles. You got to make sure your social media is on point. You got to make sure you're out there touring. Um, Try to get features, you know to make people hear you like that's the 
that's the first step to standing out from the crowd. Of course, you got to master your craft, be as good as you possibly can within your craft. And then, you know, what I was saying before about how to portray yourself on social media, you want people to get like a personal connection with you in a way. You know what I mean? Like you want them to to feel like they are somehow personally connected to you because that's going to make them more invested in you. And see, again, like consistently uh, putting out music, consistently putting out videos, make sure everything is as high of quality as you possibly can, you know, invest money into that. Try to not put out some struggle videos. You know, it's really about (laughs) making your music, making your art um, higher quality than than the art of mostly everyone else. Because then you're already standing out because most people are already doing that. You know, Mm -hmm. I I get really happy when I see people. you know, like I get bombarded with a lot of like links of like, check this out. And, you know, half those links, like as much as I'd like to be the nice guy, like I'm not going to listen to the vast majority of that stuff. But every once in a while, somebody will send me like a video or something and everything will be on point. Like, you know, everything from the bumper at the beginning of it to the art direction, you know, the music, like everything will be on point. And you can tell that somebody invested a lot of time and effort in what they were doing. You know, if it looks like somebody just kind of slapped something together, um, I'm less prone to, to want to see it because I know that with all the free software that's out there these days, with all the tools that are accessible to people these days, um, pretty much everybody's product should look pretty damn decent. Like there's, there's ways of doing that. Even things like Fiverr, like you can go on online to, to Fiverr and say, Hey, I don't have a graphic design artist and I need, you know, an album cover or I need this or I need that, you know, and you can, you can get help and you can make things work in a way that, you know, 15 years ago would have never happened, you know? So to me, there isn't very much excuse one thing that I see people, people go out and they try to get a lot of stuff done, whether it's a video, there's some graphics, there's some whatever it is they're trying to do. And you see it and it's like, do you really think that this is of quality, the quality of the stuff that you buy from your favorite artists? Like, do you, can you put them side by side and really say like, boom, I'm killing it just like them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or better. Yeah. And, you know, and I think a lot of people have a reality distortion feel where they can't really see what they have there. I tell people all the time, make a playlist of the music you like to listen to and put your music in there with it. And you can hear the drop off in the sound quality, number one, from, mm-hmm. you know, a major uh, release song to your song or even one that just has a lot of traction on the Internet. If your song doesn't blend in well sonically, you know, with the type of music you're you know, to the genre you're trying to get into. That's a, that's a big sign, but you know, um, an artist that I think did a really great job or his, I have to give credit to his team out of nowhere, black hit the scene like crazy, uh, six LA CK. I mean, his Instagram, all everything online is beautifully curated. Um, 
if you if you go, you know, check his stuff out. It was from the beginning, the first song that we heard, you know, everything that we were presented from this artist was just amazing. And and, and he didn't have a, a huge following before that happened, but they gathered a great following with amazing social media presence. And I mean, that team has just done an outstanding job. Another example you can look at is Bryson Tiller had millions of plays before he got discovered. Millions. Like, it's it's not easy to stand out out there. And then even when you are standing out, you still got to keep putting in that legwork to get, you know, some some attention your way. And for the producers that are listening, you know, you guys are the architects of sound. You guys are in charge of the next sound. If you're constantly making music like what you're hearing, you're too late. Amen. Boom. Major keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, major, seriously, major that's, keys. that's like the, the most key thing uh, that anybody can ever say is like, you know, I, I have people come in and they're like, yeah, I want to sound just like that song. And I'm like, well, that song came out six months ago. So you really want to sound dated? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, nobody wants to hear a song that already exists. They're going to go to the original. Like, why would you ever go mm-hmm. to the copy if you can have the original? Amen. Yep. Yeah, that's the other thing is that I, I constantly see people saying, oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to be that guy. And I'm like, well, why do you want to be that guy? Like, why don't you be you and do something different? Right. You know, it's, it's another thing I wanted to talk about. We got maybe another 10 minutes or so. We'll round up things. But I wanted to talk about something that we started talk about talking about before the show started uh, with Satori. We were talking about symbolic one and that one shot. Satori, you want to kind of take us through what we were talking about before and what, what point you made with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm fortunate to be uh, friends with S1 and his wife, Teresa. What's up? Uh, they live here in the Dallas area. And you know, um, like I said, I worked, you know, at Erica Badu's um, theater. And of course, uh, Symbolic One started with Strange Feud. He was also part of Erica's original cannabinoids group. And although he people knew who he was, um, you know, he really blew up with that one shot when he got power, when he was, um, you know, part of the Kanye Project Power. And since then, sh- the dude's you know, discography is just gold, platinum, gold, platinum, gold, Beyonce, Jay-Z, you know, everybody wants to work with S1. And, um, you know, you can struggle and you can be out there doing what you're doing. And it's just that you're one track away, possibly, of your life changing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of stories out there like that. And you could be the next story like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Word that's all about the grind. And that's where Eminem was coming from with obviously um, <laughs> one shot. Uh, you, you know, you got to be consistent, persistent and be ready to take it there when your when your opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Know. Always be ready. Like it, yeah. it, it, it always comes back to that consistency. Cause if you're always putting in work and, and it's not, it's not a, Oh, you know, I'm going to do something out of the ordinary today. I'm going to put in extra work. No, it, it's, Every day you're working harder than anybody around you and every day you're constantly doing it. Then, you know, when those moments arise where these opportunities come up, you're already ready to go. It's not it's not frantic. It's not, oh, my God, what am I going to do? No, you're already there. You're already putting in work. You're already used to this. You know what I mean? It should 
if you think that you're going to change your life from being a lazy son of a bitch to putting in work just because you suddenly got an opportunity, you got another thing coming to you. You should be already in that mindset of, of already putting in steady work before anything ever, you know, comes to light like that. Or and yo, so another thing though, and, and I, I realize I'm just kind of now to throw this out there, which we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but how important is branding yourself as a, whatever you do, your beat maker, artist, whatever, how important is branding? Um, I would say it's very important because you got to realize, like, if you want to become an artist, eventually you're going to want to be a brand as well. You know, all of you. And um, branding yourself also can open up revenue streams that you wouldn't otherwise have. And that's important, like in a state of music right now, it's important to have many different revenue streams. And um, when you make yourself a brand and when you make yourself a brand that stands out, you know, that becomes more possible. I agree with that totally. I um, work with a producer named Dreek that uh, was signed to War Media um, in 2013, mostly known in the Dallas area, working with um, local artists and and what we did with his brand is we kept putting him out there, you know, kept taking him to events, showing him around, putting him with different people, getting him in studios to where all of a sudden people didn't know how they knew who he was. They just knew that they knew him. So we started creating impressions of his name. So that way, when you heard his name, it, it was familiar to you already. And then, you're, you know, people started being comfortable. We created a trust of his name before we even created a trust of his sound. And that has resulted in amazing work opportunities for him. And, you know, also him knowing how to handle himself in situations. Danon, uh, Mr. Porter took him to meet Dr. Dre and Dreek understanding that not pushing his music and not over speaking and waiting for Dr. Dre to turn and say, what do you do? Resulted in Dr. Dre working with him on the spot when he heard his his music. So your brand is it encompasses the totality of the presentation that you put out. You get to keep to decide that narrative. And the, the, the thing is, you got to take time to figure out what that is that you want to present to the world because you get to choose. Yeah. Word, word. That's, that's those are major keys. Yo, today on the show, um, like I said before, we got Satori and we got Vanya. Um, and I want to thank y'all for coming by because we dropped major keys on people today. Y'all definitely help uh, major drop major keys. keys. Y'all welcome anytime to come through um, and talk with us. You know what I'm saying? If you got beat maker friends and, and clients and stuff that want to come through and sit on the panel and talk about dope gear, dope beats and whatever else we get into, you know. Be sure to send them our way. And, you know, I got another, I got my guy, Sam. He joined, but I don't think we gave him a chance to get a word in, in Edgewise. Sam, you did? Yeah, hi. Uh, thank you both so much for coming. And uh, it sounds like the four of you really had it covered. I really enjoyed the discussion. Um, yeah, thank, thank you so much for that. Word, word. So before we go, um, let me just go through the panel. And if you all got anything that you've been working on, where people can find you, uh, any last words, let me uh, start with Ken. Uh, uh, well, actually, no, we're not going to start with you, Ken. We're going to start with uh, with Vanya because we don't we don't want to start with uh, Ken. 
Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. Well, uh, so my website is astaloveher.de. Um, that's my blog. That's also where you can find out about my promo agency, my PR services. Um, my email is there. You can reach out if you are interested in that. Um, my clothing for female hip hop hits is also on there. Um, if you want to find me on social media, like I said, Instagram is my favorite. It's at I still love her dot de the dot spelled out. Uh, Twitter is at I still love her. And that's about it. Come find me. More. And I'll, I'll say too, um, Vanya is really dope at what she does. You you know what I mean? If you're underground and up and coming and you want to start building a buzz, you know, for what you do, Vanya is a dope resource and it won't necessarily break your pockets, but definitely break her off <laughs> and make sure that she works your, your product because it's, it's worth your time. And uh, so I want to thank you for coming by Vanya and be thank sure you. to stop by whenever you want to. I feel like maybe at some point we should do a part two of this discussion to get around yeah. some of the other things. But um, so, and Satori, uh, how can people reach you and uh, what you've been working on, which you might want to tell us in, in closing here? Definitely. I want to let people know, um, not to be rude, but I'm not looking to manage any additional artists. I've already been hit up during this. Um, <laughs> I work, you know, with a company, and um, our roster is, is we're set for the most part right now. So thank you for thinking of us. Um, but I do have some social work classes coming up where we're going to be actually talking about streaming and how streaming works and how you can get paid and really just understanding the newest delivery of music. I have a class in Dallas coming up on February 22nd and two classes in Philly on March 20th. So if you follow me online, you'll be able to get more information about all the services that we do with social work. And you can find me pretty much anywhere at Satori06. That's S-A-T-O-R-I-0-6. And social work, is it spelled like social work? No, because that would have been taken a long time ago. So it's spelled (laughs) social work with an E, S-O-C-I-A-L-W-E-R-K, because we work. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. So, Ken, what you got? What you got? Well, before we say that, Ken, Satori, I want to thank you. Uh, I know you're always working on lots of uh, things and you got some big names on your roster. And so I uh, thank you for taking the time out to come talk with us. Oh, definitely. And, uh, thank you. The show. Word. Kenneth. So right so, now what I'm up to is I'm actually on I still love her de checking out the FEMCs section. Um, I think that's actually really dope that that's on there. So um, I was kind of just scrolling through looking at it. It's a nice website. It's nice and clean. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I, I just been um, a lot of sound design. I, I kind of have a break from all the freelance work. So I'm getting back to putting out some product on, on my sites uh, for me and just stuff that I'm interested in. Um, and I'm working on some stuff that I'm not ready to talk about yet. but. Uh, I'll have a lot of videos coming up soon, real very, very soon too, because, uh, I've been doing some cool stuff. So probably end of this weekend, I'll have some new content up that people will really like, but other than that, um, just support beat people and flux with it.com sounds and gear, uh, pad you know, all those guys. So I'm just happy to be a part. 
Word. So, yo, and again, you know, hey, my name is B-Boy Tech. This is uh, the Beat People podcast where we don't beat people. We are beat people. So I want you to make sure you support the efforts by going to beatpeople.com. That's B-E-A-T dot com. Uh, you, you know, you could get the latest uh, T-shirts and sound packs and stuff to, you know, raise a level, a little bit of your beats and expand that that uh, sample pack library. And I want to shout out my people, MSX Sound Design at uh, MSXAudio.com. Uh, if you want a 10 percent discount over there, uh, just go over there, choose what you want and use the discount code B-Boytech, B-B-O-Y-T-E-C-H. And this is Beat People Podcast episode. 17 signing off check you next time we got a lot of good stuff coming up peace 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 pe